Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Wisdom Seekers class. My name is Cece Collins, and I'm your teacher for today. And I want to wish all of the mothers uh, this morning happy Mother's Day to y'all. Uh, before I get started, I would like to pray. I know Dennis prayed already, but I would like to just say a word of prayer. Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to declare your purpose uh, and your word to, uh, to others today, Father. And I just pray for your Holy Spirit to lead me and guide me this morning and uh, help my words be um, a light to their path. In your name we pray. Amen. Today holds a really very special um, day for me, not just because it's Mother's Day, but, you know, we were talking about, you know, how it lined up that a mother was able to speak on Mother's Day. Well, I just think, you know, when I looked at the calendar and I knew it was Mother's Day, I'm, I almost thought, well, I'll change it because I have a child at home. But I thought, no, I'm going to do the work for the Lord because when God calls you, you, you go forth and do it no matter what day of the week it is. And then as I began to pa uh, prepare and pray about what the Father wanted me to speak, you know, I know that he chose Mother's Day for a reason. And because it was, um, it was the day that I truly, truly gave my heart to the Lord uh, 32 years ago when I, you know, I was raised in a Christian home or what I thought was a Christian home. But as I became a Christian, I realized that I wasn't. And um, so the day that I gave my heart to the Lord, um, I just jumped in with full force, you know, with full passion to serve the Lord in every capacity that I could. Um, I've, I've held lots of different positions throughout my 32 years in churches. But it was uh, Mother's Day when I truly gave my heart to the Lord, and the Father really transformed my life. And so for that day forward, my desire and my passion for the Father had just continued to increase more and more. And, um, and most definitely as I became a son and a saint, you know, when I chose to, uh, to go the pathway of the Father, um, my burden for the Lord has just increased, you know, tremendously. Um, when I was given the gifts of diversity of tongues, um, you know, I just know that how my, my spiritual life just blossomed and my capacity to to see and and discern things were just uh, you know amazing that I, I you know I never experienced that before just as you know as uh, you know live you know I'll just say it being in a local church you know well it was just something that that I pursue you know, we just have to pursue. We have to pursue the heart of the Father into deeper, deeper levels. And I just thank the Lord for that opportunity. And, and then again, for the Father to give me an opportunity to minister in this capacity here this morning. And I just thank him. So my, this is how I came up with my, my message, my topic today, but, uh, is passion. It's because as I have progressed um, in my walk with the Lord, uh, it does require a deeper passion a deeper um, desire, a deeper longing, and deeper love for the Father. And one of the things that we are going to receive in this year of grace and supplication is a greater passion to pursue the heart of the Father. And we have to guard over that passion. We can't allow for other things to come in and take its place, and we have to uh, nurture it uh, on a daily basis. And the world can offer many, many things to draw us away, and we know that the enemy has lots of devices to use to draw us away but I I want to encourage you I'm going to encourage you this morning uh, in several different aspects to 
to pursue the heart of the Father in a deeper way, in a deeper desire, in a deeper passion to serve him. So when I began to study the word passion, um, I was kind of surprised, but I, when I started running reference on the, on the word, I, most of it pertained to the passion of the Christ, uh, the death of the cross, you know, Christ's death on the cross, which I didn't want to go in that direction, although I am going to mention it here this morning because I believe that's going to set the stage for, for our purpose and our desire. Um, and so I, I had to look for some other words, derivatives, that, that kind of um, followed along the line. So we're going to be looking at several different forms of desire this morning. And then we're going to look at several different forms of the word love. And um, each one of them is going to have something that I want to, um, to draw out of, to, uh, to really focus on. And, and then I'm, I'm going to speak, speak upon that too as well. So my first scripture today is um, in Acts uh, 1-3, and it's this word, um, pasco, and it means passion. It's a Greek word, and it means passion, and it means to experience a sensation or impression. So my scripture today is in Acts 1-3, and it says, To whom also he showed, which uh, showed here means present himself alive after his passion, by many infallible proofs, and this infallible proofs means a certainty, that, a certainty that this thing did happen. It says it being seen, and seen here means something that was remarkable. Of course, we know when Christ came back, it, you know, after his death, it wasn't a remarkable thing. It says of them 40 uh, days, and speaking of the things pertaining of the kingdom of God. And what did he come back to do when he came back? What did he come back? He, he came back to speak things pertaining to, on behalf of the kingdom of God. And um, God here is the word uh, theos, which means a supreme deity. So what was Christ's uh, full purpose for coming into this world? Why did God send him? He sent him to, so that we could be saints and sons, right? And he sent him, and he sent him um, only for one purpose, and that was on behalf of the kingdom, you know? And so if we pattern our life uh, after, the, after the Father, after our uh, father, then we need to be operating on behalf of the kingdom of God as well. And everything that we do needs to be focused, uh, our life needs to be in the center of that. So uh, that was uh, uh, Jesus' full purpose for coming back and for his full purpose for dying on the cross was so that we could become saints and sons and we could operate in uh, kingdom principles. Uh, so the next pa uh, section of this that I uh, labeled was David's desires. And I'm going to go through a few scriptures and psalms. And we're going to pick, uh, pick out, uh, I want to uh, focus on some certain things in each one of these scriptures. And, um, you know, David's, uh, David ha uh, had a heart and a desire to serve the Lord. And, and those that are saints and sons, you know, they, we have the, the same desire, don't we? And we're going to look at this Hebrew word, which means, uh, this uh, Hebrew word desire, which uh, is tawana, and it means a longing, by implication of delight or satisfaction, and a longing. We have to have that longing inside of our spirit in order to serve the Father in the capacity that he calls each one of us to, don't we? Um, in Psalms 22, uh, 21.2 says, thou hast given. And this word given here uh, is not, he has assigned, you know, Thou has assigned him his heart's desire and has not withheld. That means he has not held back. He's not uh, denied. 
the request, the longing for anything that we have on our lips. It says that the, our lips here is the speech, which uh, things that we ask for. So David is saying that God will not, uh, will not withhold anything in our life that we desire of. And actually, this word given here means assigned. He has actually assigned things in our life. From the foundation of when we were created, God has assigned things in our life for us to become and be. And um, many of us, you know, I didn't walk in it for years. You know, I walked in ignorance, and I didn't, I, I didn't walk in it for years. But um, each, you know, each one of us been assigned. We've been given a, a certain task to work for the Father. And I know Stacy talks about this a lot and I, when I listen to her I really I really uh, blessed um, you know we can't be who God hadn't called us to be you know we can we can't I mean I I God's gonna call me call me and I have to walk into things that God's called me I can't get ahead of God and I can't get behind him I have to get in his timing and I have to be patient and I have to um, you know, look towards him. We have to be sensitive to hear what God, you know, has called us and, and what he wants us to do. Um, here in this scripture, in these next few scriptures, the thing I want to focus on is the word longing, a longing. It says the word desire means a longing, that God will not withhold anything that we desire when it comes to his purpose for our life, especially when we ask for it. So God will not withhold anything. Even though he has assigned us, he's going to give us our heart's desire if we really search out and, and, um, and desire that. If we really listen to the voice of the Spirit and walk in it. My next scripture is Psalms 38.9. And it says, Lord, all my desire, all my longing is before thee. And my groaning, my mourning is not hid from thee. It's not concealed from me. And I, this right here, I, I feel I, I, you know, this really spoke to me because this is our intercession before the Father. You know, our groaning, our sighing before the Father. You know, our desire, our longing to see the things God, you know, wants done to be accomplished. And I, I think about, um, you know, your trip that just got back from Brazil. You know, the hunger that those people have. You know, I've heard the testimonies in and the hunger those people have, you know, they have the longing, um, you know, a true longing to, to do and work for the God and to, and to be at the Father's feet and to, and to operate as a saint and a son and to come alongside, you know. It's just uh, we're seeing that, aren't we, in the lives of the people that um, God is bringing forth to us today. Um, <clears throat> and this next scripture is in... Um, this next part uh, is the word hafast, hafast, and it means desire. And this desire means to bend towards something, to be pleased with, to delight, to favor. And in Psalm 73, 25, it says, Whom have I in heaven but thee? There is none upon earth that I desire besides thee. So David is saying here that there's nothing in this world that he bends or he leans towards, that his full passion and his full heart, everything that he is, is towards the heart of the Father. And um, that needs to be ours as well, right? Nothing in this life can, can give us satisfaction or desire compared to a relationship we have with God. Amen? So uh, this next word is the word uh, restone. And it's a Hebrew word, 
And the thing I want to focus on in this uh, word is it says desire, delight. The word delight is really what I want to focus on. The, uh, and it's in Psalms 145, 19. And it says, and he will fulfill, which means grant. He will give us the desires, the delight of them that fear, those that reverence him. He will also hear, and this word hear is Shema. He will understand and he will regard their cry. And he will save them, and the word save is preserve. So the Father is going to give us our heart's delight. And anything that we desire for and we ask for, if we truly want that, God's going to give it to us. But our hearts and our desires needs to be, you know, towards his, his will and his passions for us. Amen. Uh, this next part I entitled uh, Paul's Prayer to the Colossians. And I feel like this is our prayer to the saints that are coming alongside of us as well, those that are in Brazil. Um, this really ministered to me, this passage here in Colossians. It, and this is the word, uh, the Greek word desire, and it is the um, ahitao. And it means to beg, call, to crave, to require. And Colossians 1.9 says, For this cause we also, since the day that we heard it, do not cease. And cease here is refrain, to pray. And pray is this word, prosukamai, and it means to supplicate. And we do not stop praying and prosukamai for you, to desire that you may be filled. And filled here is made complete with the knowledge, which is the full discernment of the will, and all wisdom and spiritual, which is pneumatikos, understanding or intellect. And that's what we're praying for those that are coming alongside of us, right? That they're filled and completely filled with, with uh, you know, this knowledge, the will, the spiritual wisdom of uh, pneumatikos understandings. You know, we need to, you know, gird them up. You know, pray for them. We need to beg. We need to crave. We need to call upon the Father to be filled. And this was Paul. Paul did this for the Colossians. And, you know, he, you know, the, the word is a guiding post for our life. And, you know, those that are coming in alongside of us, you know, we need to gird them up. We need to pray for them. We need to beg. We need to call. We need to crave and, and desire that they'll be filled with all the, all the things that the Father has given us. Um, you know, that they will have... You know, full discernment, full understanding, pneumaticos understandings, the, the intellect. And we need a prosukamai. We need to supplicate with the Father, a partnership um, for those to be filled with the things that the Father has given us. Um, then th this next part I want to talk about is the power of faith. And it's in Mark eleven twenty four, And it says, Therefore I say unto you, what, what things soever you desire... And this is that word, atiyahu, and it means, and it says, when we pray, when we prosukamai, when we supplicate, when we partnership with God, we have to believe it. We have to, and this is word believe is pistis, which means what we hear from the right hand of God, that we receive them, and we shall have them. And the receive here is what uh, obtain. Okay, we have to. Uh, believe that when we when we pursue the mind, when we partnership, when we supplicate with the Father, when we hear things from the right hand of God, 
that we will receive them, that we will obtain them. And uh, it's whatsoever things we beg, we call, we pray for, we shall receive them when we pray. We pursue mind, we supplicate, partnership with God, believe that we will receive. We have to believe that we're going to receive them. And God speak to us, and those are the things that God speaks to us in prayers about situation that we need to partner, partner with him for that thing to come into completion. So before I go any further to this next section, which is going to be talking about son's desires, and those are the, uh, the desires that we have to have, as, uh, or we have as sons and saints before the Father, does anybody have any um, comments they would like to make? Yes, you see, I, I think the, uh, the business of our desires is really a supernatural thing um, because in the natural, people operate on their desires. And that's usually built upon some kind of influence in them, whether it's pride or lust or some plan that they have to get something. And, you know, it's, it's motivation, it's ingenuity, it's imagination, and those things propel society. But most people function in that way. We talk about the burden of the Lord. And I, I was sitting here thinking as you've been bringing this timely message about how that burden came to us. Um, because honestly, when this whole thing started with the saints, um, I wasn't asking God for a burden. I wasn't asking God for passion or all those frilly things that we embrace and love now. I was just asking for His will. And somehow, because we wanted His will, the burden came. So our desire became that thing that Jesus said, Our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That then opened the door for this supernatural burden. And from that burden then came the desire. You know? The desire, really like in, in uh, this verse that you mentioned in Colossians 1, that it, that's, that's what drives the supplication and the prosuke. But it's that, it's that, we can call it <clears throat> passion or desire, but it's, it's really something that is an offshoot of the burden. And, and these, these are wonderful words in the Old Testament. You know that, that you had like that that verse. Whom have I in heaven with thee? That reminds me of that David Ruiz song. And there is none upon earth that I desire. Um, that's that's a terrific thing. And then the 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 uh, um, it's but but it but it had to do with David's willingness to commit himself to what God wanted to do to lay his plans down and to accept the plan of God, whatever that might be. And when God sees that, then he puts the burden in you, which drove most of the people in this room. 
drove you out of other settings where there wasn't that, where it was all an, an issue of knowing that we're born again and and um, how to get things from God, how to be good people. But just from just the testimony from some kid that grew up in that movement, which we love, there wasn't a whole lot of burden in me. I mean, the burden that like we know. And I don't mean to cast aspersions on anybody, but the burden is important. And out of that burden comes the desire of the Lord, which becomes our desire. And then through that, we have partnership and we, we ask. And, um, and I, love, I, love, I love this because we, we've got to have that. And the challenges we face now as a Saints Network is on the one hand, people who, as you said so eloquently, who God is visiting with this hunger and this burden, and they're looking for people to teach them how to process the desire and how to come to know the Father and then how to function that way. We're kind of agents of the desire of the Lord. But on the other hand, you've got an attack that's coming in the, vision, in the business of what's your burden now? And subsequently then, what is your desire now? And um, I just, I ask that God would help us to continue to nurture that burden. And because it's from Him, you can't make the burden happen, you can't generate the burden. It's when you say, yes Lord and he gives it then you have to act on that and when you act on the burden then he begins to speak to you about his desires and his desires become your desires and that's what we're talking about here so this is a very timely message because I see us doing this right now but on the other hand I see us doing it and I, I see so many that without being judgmental have kind of lost it and Wherever your burden is, it's like Jesus said, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where your burden is, there's where your desire will be. And where your desire is, then God directs in that pathway. But it's all based on the fuel of the burden. And without that, we can't go anywhere. But it's supernatural. You can't teach the burden. You, you can't make somebody's burden, no matter how many times you blow on them, be strong. We got to guard over that burden because it's a gift from God. And it can't be preached into you. It can't be guilted back into you. We, we've got to recognize what a gift that was. A gift that made all of us be on our faces for hours a day. A gift that made us want to give up everything else to, to follow after this thing we didn't know and didn't understand, but we knew it was God. But from that, from that fire comes this. And this, as you said, is what we're doing now. We're teaching this, even though uh, it's, it's, a, it's a real point of clarity. I didn't mean it. No, Pastor, you're exactly right. And that's, the, that's really what my heart's desire is to uh, get across those that are going to be listening. I know there will be many of listening, you know, through the, um, the archives. And, you know, we have to get our heart back to the Father, you know. And it, it, it's got to start with us. You know, we got to want to do it. 
we got to want to spend time in prayer, and we're going to talk about that, you know, as we, you know, I'm going to bring that uh, that that out as, uh, you know, my teaching this morning. we got to want to do it. You know, we got to want to spend time with prayer, and through that, then we receive the burden, and then the desire of our heart is going to be, you know, you know, when we're walking in, in the pathway of, of, uh, of the son, of a saint, you know. Um, I think it's very important that those that are coming alongside us that hear this too, because it's, you know, whenever, um, you know, I got saved in the church, and, you know, I, I, you know, was involved in the local church for many, many years, and um, not that they're doing anything wrong, and I've heard you mention that, you know, and we bless them. We bless them, you know, what God has called them to do, but when I got an opportunity to, to, um, to really come to the church here and to spend time here and to really, you know, glean what God was doing. I can remember the time, I'm gonna give you a little quick testimony. I can remember the, the I, can, I mean, it's very vivid in my mind. It was, I think, in the year 2004, um, was the first, uh, I had been to a seminar or two before that, I believe. Um, I had had back surgery in 2003, of August of 2003, so I didn't come to the seminar there in that September, but I believe I came to the one in, in the next uh, spring, which was 2004. And of course, Monica, my sister, had been continuing, you know, you know, wanting us to come, wanting us to come. You have to experience this, you know, and, and, I, and that's one thing I have to say. You have to come experience it. You just come one time and say, oh, it was a good, you know, I had a good feeling. No, you've got to really get in here and experience it. You know, it's a line upon line, precept upon precept thing that the, the Father does for us. And um, I can remember, it was a year in 2004 when I, when I finally, when I came and I, uh, and you know, we've done lots of things through seminars, car washes and your prayer lines and all this, but this particular time, the Spirit was really moving in the church and it was when I received diversity of tongues. I was already filled with the Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues but I had not received the gift of diversity of tongues. And so I, I remember it was a very busy time and everybody was walking around praying. And I was determined, I was so determined that I was going to receive diversity of tongues. I mean, that was the passion that the Father had put in my heart when I got saved. You know, I, I wanted to continue press forward into all the things that, uh, you know, the deeper things of the Lord. And I, I can remember the very day that I received it. And, um, and it has you know, transformed my prayer life course you know you all know that it does but for those that are listening and you need to spend time in prayer with the father in diversity of tongues you know have the desire to want to receive that gift because it will transform your your christian walk with the father of course it transforms your prayer life but through that you know it it has really opened up avenues of the spirit realm that i had never experienced before and um <clears throat> so i just encourage those that are listening to uh to really press into the heart of the Father, to to get to you know ask the Father for all the things that He has for us, and He's not going to withhold any good thing from His children. You know, if we desire it, if we have a passion, if we have a longing for it, He won't He won't withhold it. Although the Word says that, and we've already talked about what God assigns. You know, here in um, Psalms 22, 21-2, it says, "Thou hast given, Thou hast assigned." God has assigned to each one of us um, a purpose, uh, but we are all given and assigned the opportunity to have the gift of diversity of tongues and to operate in um, in that realm. 
So the next part, part of my lesson here is going to be son's desires, and it could be saint's desires. And it's this Greek word, meaning uh, Hebrew, uh, a Greek word, desire, meaning uh, uh, epizo, and it means to search, to inquire, and intensive, to demand, to crave. And uh, Philippians 4.17 says, but not because I desire a gift, which is a present, but I desire fruit, which is a gift as well, that may abound, and abound here is increase to your account. And in talking about uh, increasing to your account, it means this is the cause of the concerning the kingdom of God. So we don't ask for a desire. Our desire is not for earthly, earthly things, and it's not desires to, to uh, fulfill our own personal uh, thoughts or wishes. But it's, we need to desire and, um, gifts and fruits that increase concerning the kingdom of God. This is where we're going to uh, be able to move forward into um, the deeper things of the spirit when we require and when we, in, in, uh, when we search for with intensity the gifts and uh, the presence concerning the kingdom of God. And our next scripture here, uh, uh, next portion that I want to talk about is a Greek uh, word, desire, and it's... Uh, pronounced zello, uh, zello, zello, and it, and the thing that I want to focus in on this portion of it is the jealousy over, the zealous, it means to covet, to have envy for, to be jealousy over, to have a zealous, a zealous uh, uh, passion for. In First uh, uh, Corinthians fourteen one, it says, "Follow after charity, which is agape, and desire." We have to be jealous over a zealousy over our spiritual gifts, pneumatikos gifts, but rather that we prophesy, that we speak under inspirations, uh, speak forth the purpose of the things of the Lord. We need to guard over our spiritual gifts. We need to have the jealousy over them, and not let anything hinder our forward progression. Not anything in this world to be more important to us. We have to guard over our gifts uh, like a, uh, with a godly jealousy. And I think about this, uh, you know, when you, when you work in the workplace, when you work in the world and you're not around Christians, you know, you have to guard over the things that you say. I mean, you, you know, I, I have difficulty speaking forth what's in my heart to people that I know, you know, my coworkers, they just look at you like, you know, really? And um, so we have to guard over those things. And I have had an opportunity in my workplace to speak in tongues. Um, and I've had people ask me about that, you know? Why do you do it? What's it for? And all this, you know? So I've had an opportunity to testify. But it's not something that you do on a regular basis. You know, it's just, you know, just times, moments and times when God opens that door for you to be able to do that. You know, well, there was a time when we was praying over my boss and everybody was gathering around. We were laying hands um, on him. And I do work with Christians um, and spirit-filled uh, Christians, not ones that are, you know, filled with the diversity of tongues. But um, 
you know, in their own way, you know, we laid hands on him, and I have some that are Spanish, and they were speaking, in, and they were speaking Spanish, you know, praying over him in Spanish, and I just broke out in tongues and just started, you know, and you know, I just broke out in tongues. I mean, because that was my prayer language. I mean, I, I had the heart of the Father to, you know, pray over this man's situation, and I just broke out in the spirit. And I have had others come and question me and ask me, and you know saying, you know, that's really different, you know, why do you do that, and all this, you know, and so, you you know, God gives you the opportunity, you know, little bitty times in, when, when it's, the Spirit's moving for you to be able to, to, you know, deliver what the Lord has on your heart, so I just thank the, uh, God for that, but we have to be careful about all the things that we share, because, you know, it is foreign to them, and you don't want to, you know, the Bible says don't, Lay your pearls before swine. You know you have to be careful about what you what you do say, but you have to guard over them. And I do guard over my Christian walk uh, around people. I just don't go and just blurting it out to everybody. You know you have to have you have to have a discernment of when to speak and when not to speak. You have to guard over your and you have to have a jealousy, a zealous, you know, a passion, a desire to to really um, guard over those things. And the next portion here is I've labeled, um, and we're just going to be looking at several different words, and I labeled them love words. And they're just going to be several scriptures that we're going to be going through, and we're going to be talking about the, the different uh, Greek and Hebrew um, definitions of the word love. So, um, before I do that, does anybody have anything they want to share? Okay, we'll get started. Okay, the, this next part is um, a Hebrew word, love, and it is uh, pronounced habab. And uh, the thing that I want to point out to this, in this section, is it means to have affection for. And so I'm going to read in the scripture Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6, and it says, Shema, which is here. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, Jehovah, our God, Elohim, is one Lord, and thou hast loved the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and we know that all thy heart is the center of who we are, everything with inside of our, our uh, passion and our desire, and with thy soul, and with all thy might, and with all thy diligently, might here is diligently, and these words which I command, which I charge you this day, shall be in thy heart, and I want to focus in on the word diligently. It says, we must diligently pursue an effective relationship with our Creator. And diligently, the definition for diligently means to showing painstakingly effort and application in whatever is undertaken. So, I mean, that's pretty deep right there. You know, when we diligently do something, we painstakingly take the effort in whatever it is that we've done, right? So when we diligently, you know, I think about me, you know, um, cleaning house, you know, or cooking dinner, you know, you know, you get in there, you diligently, you, you just hurry up and get it done, you know, you diligently, you focus and you get it done. So, um, you know, we have to be that way about, you know, pursuing the heart of the Father, a relationship with God. And that needs to be our center focus. And not just something that we do whenever we want to do it or whenever we have a need or when we, we feel like uh, we want something. We don't go to the Father for those things. We spend time in prayer with the Father on a regular basis and pursuing his heart. 
Amen. That's what we do. Deuteronomy 7, 9 says, Now therefore that the Lord thy God, he is God and faithful God, which keepeth covenant. This keepeth covenant is to observe, to guard, to protect, and mercy. And mercy here is said with them that love him and keep his statutes, his commandments, to a thousand generations. And this word, as I said, uh, mercy is this word has said, and uh, it's God promises to grant wisdom to those who choose the pathway of righteousness. As I said, wisdom is our guiding light in the prospect of turning the high places of darkness into lighthouses for the Lord. And I got that out of the book, Stacy's book, A Line Upon Line, which I love that book. I mean, it has been such a blessing to me in my Christian walk when pastor ministers or any time of teaching um, that I hear, I'll get that book out and I'll look up at it, you know, and I'll get the true, honest definition. And it, and the good thing about it is I can always look back at it, and I use it a lot. You know, I, I love that book. I mean, I'm so grateful. I know everyone is. So blessed and so grateful that Stacy took the time to do that for us. That has helped us so much in our Christian walk of being able to understand what the words mean. And without without us having to go, you know, pull up the Bible app and, you know, type it in. And she just really has made it and condensed it down to where it has really it has really made it so much easy for us to understand, you know, some of these words that Pastor uses and the teachings that, you know, are brought forth from here in the church. And those of the network as well. Um, this next passage is going to be Deuteronomy 11.1. 1, and it says, Therefore thou love the Lord thy God, and we keep his uh, charge, we guard, we watch over, and his statues, which is his ordinances, and his judgments, which we know are, is his divine law, and his commandments is his precepts. Always, don't we? we? Therefore it says, Thou love the Lord thy God, and we keep his charge, and his statues, and his judgments, and his commandments always. We have to have affection and guard over the things of the Lord, and we have to cherish them, you know, with a, with a godly, uh, you know, jealousy. Is there any comments before I continue? No. Okay. This next portion is going to be, we're going to be looking at the word um, love, the Hebrew word love. And, it, and uh, you pronounce it as hasak. And it means to cling, to delight, to long, to long for. And Deuteronomy uh, 7, 7 says, The Lord Jehovah did not set his love upon you or appoint you, choose you, because you were huge in number than any people, for you were the fewest of all people. You were the smallest. And I think about that. I think about the network. You know, and um, those that are that uh, have, you know, taken the the pathway of the saints as the sons. Um, we have had to come out of the local church, and we are few in number, but we're pursuing the heart of the Father in the avenues that He's, you know, He's called us forth with obedience, and um, and He chose us because we delighted in Him. We longed for him. We clung to him. We had the passion, the heart's desire to pursue a deeper, a deeper relationship with him. And he knew our hearts, and he answered our prayers. And we're grateful for that, aren't we? Uh, this next part, is uh, the love word, is Greek. And I'm going to pronounce it. 
is Agapaho, Agapaho, butchering these, I'm sorry. I know y'all can do so much better, but anyway. Um, and this scripture is going to be in Matthew 6, 24. And it says, no man, no person can serve, can be a slave to, two masters. For either he will detest, hate the one, and love the other. Or he will hold to the one and despise the other. And despise here is disesteem. And you cannot serve. God in mammon and it means you cannot serve serve here is to be in bondage to be in bondage to two things and this scripture is the scripture that spoke volumes to me seven years ago when I made my choice to leave the local church and follow after the pathway of the saints a pastor has spoken a message using this scripture and I realized then that it was time for me to make the change it had been a difficult task of uh, being in two places when we, we would come here the time we would spend here at the church and then the time that I would travel all the way back down Interstate uh, 45 home, uh, it just kept resonating in my mind, you know. I just got sadder and sadder the closer I got to my house because I knew what I was going home to, you know. I was going home to the local church where I wasn't getting fed, the pneumatocost understandings. Uh, I wasn't being able to operate in the gifts of the Spirit as, you know, the freedom. The main thing is the freedom, to be do, to the freedom to worship. And I am a worshiper. I love to worship the Lord. I love to dance before the Father. Uh, you know, I have a, I have that passion inside of me. Just when the music begins, for the Spirit just to take me away. And I do not have that, you know, in the local church. And I just praise God for the opportunity to be able to give have all the uh, the the gifts of the Spirit, and the ability to just have the freedom that we have here at this church and in the and in the network, the Lord has just opened up such freedom. You know, he's just kind of taken the lid off, you know, the bondage that we've walked in and and removed it. And we just have such freedom in the spirit. And I, But each time I would head home, I would have such a, a burden on my heart. I would feel so heavy. You know, I would tell Winford all the way home, you know, how sad I was, you know, and, and um and how we, we talked about, you know, we would share back and forth, you know, it's just not the same. And, you know, we love it when we come here. There's such freedom, and and we know what we're going home to. But, you know, we would continue to keep doing because we were we, we had positions in the church, and we, we stayed there until the timing of the Lord, and God called us out to come out. But I realized, you know, when Pastor spoke this message, that's why this scripture just really means so much to me. You can't serve two masters. You know, you can't be one way and you can't be another you can't be a hypocrite you know they say there's so many hypocrites in church well you know we you have to make your choice and i just i want to just declare this morning to those that are battling this that they will just make that choice to step out and and choose you know the pathway of the, of the father the pathway of the son because um they won't be sorry and once they make the choice and i know it was difficult it was difficult because we had ties you know uh we had physicians and we had ties um relationships you know 25 years uh, you know we bonded in relationships with others and um you know it was a difficult thing but once we took the stand and did it you know i've never regretted it I never once have regretted, and I've never looked back. I've never, ever looked back. 
Uh, we have, uh, at times, you know, we, and many times, you know, we've had some flack. You know, we live in a very small community, and we've had some flack uh, for leaving the local church. And, um, but I just, I don't take my eyes off the Father. I just, you know, I just keep looking forward. And so I just want to speak to those this morning that are struggling with that area. Because I know there are some that do or have. Especially once you get the taste of what God of what God has given you. For you to turn and go back. You know, you just can't do it. You just can't do it. You know, and the word serve here means to be in bondage. And we are in bondage, right? We are bond servants of Christ. But we're in bond servants of Christ to do his will. Amen? Amen. So this next scripture is Romans 8:28. And it says, "And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are called according to his purpose." And this means concerning his purpose. And purpose here is a prothemi and it means the setting forth of the things of God. So we know that when we've been called According to God's purpose. We're, we're called according to his purpose to set forth the things of God. And we can't look back. We have to, we have to, we have to look forward. And we, cannot, we can't worry about what others do. Well, all we can worry about is what God has called us to do. Amen? And Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven and 38 says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. And this God here is Theos, supreme deity, with all thy heart with all thy soul and soul here is pneuma it's our spirit and with all of our mind all of our understanding and this is the first and megas great greatest commandment that we should love the lord our god and i want to read a passage out of stacy's book first things first and i just want to tell you this is how god does things you know <clears throat> whenever he spoke um spoke to me about this message of passion you know, I've been in the process right now. Uh, I know Tacey's book, First Things First, is an old book, but I'm just now getting around to reading it. And there was this passage in here that I want to I want to um, talk about because uh, in Epsom's a little passage in her book that she uh, that she wrote uh, concerning this uh, scripture, Matthew 22. It says, um, "When you when you agapaho the Lord our God with all of your heart, soul, and mind, and encompass passionately." Pursuing a relationship with God and his purpose with our entire being. It says the heart is the guiding post, uh, post of what our outward demonstrations will be. So what's in our heart is what we're going to portray outward. And it's just amazing to me how God does things because I was reading this book while I was, you know, studying this, this message. And I wanted to use that little passage out of her book because it really spoke to me. Because when I chose this scripture, I said, Father, I'm going to, I'm going to, Use that passage out of Stacy's book, and I know she doesn't mind, um, because she put it in there for us to use, didn't she? Mm -hmm. That's what they're there for. And this next part, I want to close with this next part, and it is, um, and it's the word agape. And the thing I want to focus on this part is says it means especially plural, a love fest. It's a dearity, and um, a love fest especially plural and in Romans 8 38 it says who shall depart who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall affliction 
a tribulation or distress, anguish, or persecution, or famine, a famine, or scarcity, or nakedness, or peril, which is danger, or sword. None of these things can separate us from the, the love of Christ, right? And agape, and I got this out of uh, her book as well, it says agape is the purest demonstration of passion fueled by the heart of God, which is Elohim, burning within us to press towards the goal of establishing his purpose in and through us. And this term also denotes a love fest. And this is what I really loved about it. It says, as saints and sons, this should be our daily event where we spend time with God and love on him. It's a partnership exchange, isn't it? So it's not just done, you know, when we want something or when we need something. Um, it's done on a daily basis. We, we commune with the Father on a daily basis. So it's, it's a love fest. It's plural. It's, it's more than one. You know, we do it, we do it continuously. And this is the word what agape means. It says uh, in Romans 8, 39, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, nor any other person can, shall be able to separate us, which is draw us away from the love, the agape of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing in this life can draw us away from the Father. The only thing that can do that is us. We're the only one that can separate our relationship with God, our desire, our passion. So I just want to encourage you today to, to press forth, you know, into the deeper things of the Spirit, to spend time with God, to really partner with God for what He wants to do in your terio and in, in, in your life. Uh, I want to close with this scripture here in 1 John 3, 1. And it says, Behold, what manner of love, says what manner of agape the Father has bestowed. Bestowed here is brought forth upon us that we should be called sons that we should be called saints <clears throat> therefore the world uh, knoweth not because it knew him not and, you know we do look strange to the world and the bible says that we are a peculiar people you know we're a chosen generation as saints and sons we will look different to the world you know our walk is going to be different um but we are we are a representation of Christ and, and a witness to those that we encounter and those that we are around. And I want to ask you a question this morning. What fuels the passion inside of your heart? I want you to think about that. What is it that fuels the passion inside of your heart? What is it that draws you to the heart of the Father? What is the desire, the longing that you have inside of your spirit? What is that? Well, I'm going to tell you, it is when you spend time with him in prayer, when you pursue a mind, when you have a partnership with him. This is what fuels the passion inside of your heart. And so I just encourage each one of you to carve out time in your day for commune with the Father, to spend time with him, to search his ways, and to diligently, diligently pursue the heart of the Father. So... Are there any comments this morning anyone would like to make? Um, I really like, you know, when you're talking about the, uh, the bondage and freedom um, ideas. <clears throat> What's really sad is, is even in local churches, they don't even recognize they are in bondage. They think they're in freedom. And, they, you know, we were all there at some point, 
but wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, He's all about bringing freedom. But it's freedom not the way we think as humans. And I think that's really things that really get us... And I, 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 I'm always thinking about that because I can easily interpret freedom from Mark's perspective. Right. And if, if, I'm, if, I'm, if that's always my lens that I look through, I'm always going to see it with a skewed humanistic perspective and not really seeing it from the pure eternal perspective that God can give you as, as we commune with Him in spirit. And it's totally different most of the time. <laughs> Whenever <laughs> He takes you into the reality of a freedom that you've never known before, and you go there with Him, and it's like you come out of it and you're just, I'm absolutely stunned by it. And it takes me a while to process it. And and it's just, it's really, really sad. And, and it's really, you've got the juxtaposition of we're to be a slave to something and we determine what that's going to be. And I'm not going to be a slave to any other thing now but only to God and making sure that, and that's the way we need to be. And, um, it's a challenge, though. You know, you, we struggle. We're still, we're still carnal, and there is a raging battle on the inside of every one of us to allow the carnality to take over, or or be be more driven to the uh, spiritual or the demonicos with within us. And um, so, you know, I. I'm so grateful that God allowed me and allowed all of us to be participants of His eternal freedom and the way that He... Because it looks different. It feels different. It's not going to manifest. It's not somebody you know, just sitting in a chair here. Oh, I'm free. It, it's, you can't look at it externally. Yeah, it's going to manifest that way, but it's so different when, when you are truly in operating in, in, in the source of true freedom. It is nothing to do with any humanness at all. You are so very right, Mark, and I appreciate you mentioning that. You know, when I look back and I'm, you know, I have friends or co-workers, basically, or acquaintances, people that I know that are, that are Christians. I mean, they go to church, they serve God. Mm-hmm. But they, you know, they think if they're singing a, a special you know, or they're uh, cleaning the church. And all those things are you doing a work for the Lord, you know? That, you know, that they're doing what God wants them to do. They just have no clue. They have no clue. They don't understand what the true freedom of operating in the Spirit really is. And the things, whenever you um, really choose to partner with God for the deeper things of the Lord, that, you know, He just brings forth to you. I mean, it's, it's just hard to talk to people. And it's hard to share what's inside of you to 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 really explain what what god the change the transformation that the father has done in each one of us you know as as walking as a saint and in the son so i just pray that this message was a blessing to those that hear it and for them to you know desire to have a deeper passion a deeper uh, uh, longing a deeper love to pursue the heart of the father
So, um, we have no more comments. Cece, I'm going to comment on one of your scriptures on page two under the Son's Desire. It's Philippians uh, 4.17. So here's Paul speaking to the Philippian church. And he says, not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. Mm -hmm. And I immediately started thinking about prophetic presbytery because you know, one of the many things that we do uh, for people is we identify gifts, spiritual gifts that they have. And that's very important. We need to do that. But look, here's Paul saying, you know, I'm not going to crave a gift right now. What I want to do is I want to crave that fruit, what I can produce spiritually in you, that that will abound to the honor and glory of God. So, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, wow, that's so hard, but we need to uh, sacrifice our passions, our desires. We've got to, you know, press them down, have that great humility in order to see that fruit come to pass. But we still also need to desire the gifts, you know, so that we can grow and we can continue to bless people and help them to grow spiritually. But isn't that interesting how he had said at that point in time in his endeavors and in his labors in the church, you know, I, I don't want to desire a gift. I want to see that fruit. I want to see that spiritual growth in you. So, you know, we need both. We need to have a balance. And um, I just thought about how, you know, uh, sometimes when we're praying for people uh, and we're asking God for the words, um, yes, we do need to identify those gifts. But sometimes we just need to say, you know what? God just needs to, in, and it's hard. You want to be careful how you say it, but you know God needs to work that humility in us as well, because it's really His Spirit that drives what happens. It's not any, you know, it's not our personal works that cause all of this to come about. No, you know, but sometimes when we see these results, we can get a big head about it, and we don't ever want to do that have to be ever. Better. Interesting. Yes, we have to be very careful about that, don't we? Mm -hmm. You know, to, to give all glory and praise to the Father. Sure. Amen. So, I hope this message blessed you this morning, and we just um, pray a covering over you, and that God would fill you with the full passion and desire that He desires for your life to be. Amen. <laughs>